passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's E. Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as I say each and every time. But really, it has been. It's been in the 50s in, in February. It's insane. Uh, 1250 AMTheFan.com. Check out all the interviews there. Uh, you can check out the latest interview I did with Dave Gasper of Reviewing the Brew, the latest on the Milwaukee Brewers with the Brandon uh, Woodruff signing uh, and the uh, Sanchez signing as well. Make sure to give that a, a listen to. And uh, tell me what you think. And follow me at Sparky Radio. Or my guy Nathan Marzian's over here trolling people on Twitter earlier today uh, at Nathan Marzian about Nate Walters. I, I, I'll give you this. You had me laughing. You did. Yeah, you had me laughing when I saw it. And I tweeted. At you, he's like, "Quit trolling, ha 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 ha." Uh, and then you came back with FX. Don't lie. And I, I can't argue about that whatsoever. I can't argue. Uh, okay, so the first topic, and we're going to get into some Dame Lillard, Giannis stuff. Uh, that Giannis had to say in the Eric name piece, which was amazing. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read an Eric name piece with that much F-bombing in my life, in quotes. Uh, and he was F-bombing the heck out of everything. Uh, so we'll get into that. Chris Middleton uh, is going to miss a couple more games here out of the All-Star breaks. So we'll talk about that uh, as well. Do you believe the NBA's anti-small market based on All-Star requirements uh, that came out this week for the different cities? Now, again, Bucks trying to get an all-star game to come to Milwaukee. You got this big brand new convention center that's going to be open uh, for the Republican National Convention or Democratic National Convention. Which one is it that's coming? I don't know. Whichever one. One of them's coming and it, it's going to be open for that. I saw some pictures. That thing is massive. Wow. Um, so they got that. They've been building all these hotels all over Milwaukee and all that other stuff. And here comes the NBA with new requirements. Now you have to have 7,250 hotel rooms and a minimum of three five-star hotels. I could be wrong. I don't think we have one five-star hotel uh, downtown Milwaukee. Uh, Convention center of 650,000 square feet of exhibition space, 
75 nonstop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights. I, and I, I don't know where we sit on that either. I have no idea um, on, on the flight thing. And I don't quite understand what their deal is here with 75 nonstop domestic flights. Like did they go around to the different uh, local airports and go, let's see, Milwaukee doesn't have this. Cleveland doesn't have this. Uh, Minneapolis doesn't have this. Let's see. What, what's the baseline requirement we can make to make sure we X these teams out or X these cities out uh, for us having to play there. Now, did this all stem because of Indianapolis uh, and maybe guys didn't want to be in Indianapolis in the cold and so forth. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but here we are uh, with these new rules put out by Adam Silver. Bucks fans, as you can well imagine, pissed off. Uh, Nathan Marzian tends to be the reason of voice, the reason of calm, tries to calm everybody down most of the time. Do you believe the NBA, Nathan, is anti-small market based on all-star requirements for cities going forward? I mean, you kind of have to say yes because – this stuff basically, I mean, it all but says you're going to have to be in a big market to be able to host. I mean, they, you know, Milwaukee, as you said, doesn't have the hotels. I think, I I believe they're zero. So they're three off from having the three. They aren't even close with the flights and they only have 188,000 square feet of exhibition space and they need 650. So um, that's really far off too. So like, yeah, I mean, there's not many places that, do have all three of those things. And, you know, again, this is basically just says, you know, this it, it's going to be a big market thing. And, um, you know, it's disappointing because it's just, it's like, you like, I mean, I don't, I don't, did anyone have a huge problem with this All-Star game being in Indianapolis? It's not like it's some massive event. Like it, I mean, it, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a nice event for the city, but it's not, I don't, I don't they host the final fours in Indianapolis. They've hosted yeah. NFL draft combines in Indianapolis. It's literally the best tournament, big convention town in America, without question. They change all the all the the, the streets on there. If you've ever been on there for a Final Four or anything like that, they change all the streets around to make it easy. Everybody going out, everybody coming in after a big event. Like it, they run it better than anybody in this country, by far, not even questioned. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I don't think there's, I think, I think plenty of small markets could, you know, have a pretty good all-star weekend. And and I think it'd be a good chance for, you know, that city to get a little bit of exposure and a little bit of like for, for the players, for fans, for everyone to be like, Oh, you know, that was a, that was actually pretty cool. Um, And I just think you're taking that away. And it's like, I just look at it and I'm like, if if Green Bay can host the NFL draft, which is a much bigger event than the All Star Weekend, right? Um, why can't Milwaukee host the All? Like that just seems crazy to me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's disappointing, and you know, it sucks that this happens right after, uh, right after you know, Milwaukee puts in a bid, and it's starting to look like some of these small market teams are going to host these, um, you know, type of events, and you know, then this happens, and it's like all of a sudden you're kind of back to square one, you're pretty far off. So let me make a couple of predictions here, Marzian. Let, let's see in the next five to 10 years if I'm right on this one. You're young enough to where you can be like, Sparky, remember when you said this? I'll be like, no. Um, well, the first thing is, I think Vegas is going to be possibly the every year host until they get an NBA team. They're just going to host the All-Star game every year. I think that's where this is going uh, if it doesn't change. If and when Vegas gets a team, and they're going to get a team, if and when they do get a team, let me make this prediction. 
they will expand the all-star break to two weeks instead of one week. They'll be off for two weeks and the all-star game will be an international destination. It'll be in Italy. It'll be in Paris, wherever it may be. Uh, because then there is added incentive, you know, for these players who haven't been to these, these cities or these countries or whatever the case may be to go. And the price of tickets that you can charge when you're rolling in with, you know, an all-star cast of people to come and watch where these people never get to see an NBA game up close and in person. They never have that opportunity and you bring an all-star game to them. Um, the international flavor that will come with it, uh, all the additional sponsorship money that would come with it. Uh, it would be a huge money bonanza uh, if they were to do this. And essentially you add a week on in April, maybe to the season, maybe you shorten how long the series are. Um, instead of seven games, maybe they become five games uh, in order to make up for this additional week of scheduling to still try to be done at the same time, you know, mid to late June uh, at the end of the day. Th- that's Those are my two plays. One, it ends up in Vegas until they get a team. And then two, once it's there, they figure out how to make it an international all-star game and the break becomes two weeks instead of one week. Players Union is not going to complain because they would love two weeks off in the middle of the season to refresh their batteries and get healthy. I don't think ownership's going to complain. They don't lose a number of, they don't lose any games, same amount of games as they would have had before. So it doesn't affect them any. Their players have a chance to get healthy as well. It's a refresh for everybody involved. That's 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 my pitch on how this thing plays out, Nathan. Am I crazy? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I don't think it's crazy. That's actually those are pretty interesting predictions. I would be mad if they took away playoff games or playoff time to make up make make room for this. Um, you know, because again, I to me it's not a big enough event. It's not as it's not important enough of an event to do something like that or to and that's kind of like I was saying when we were talking about, you know, what do you do to improve the all-star game? What what how what lengths do you go to like add incentive to playing in that game and playing hard in that game? And I'm like, Yes, I want to see them play hard for at least a quarter of that game, at least the end be competitive, but I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to overdo it and and try to do so much to make this game meaningful because at the end of the day, I'm like, it, it is just an all-star game. It is just, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay having a little bit of a disappointing experience in the all-star weekend you know because that's just not that big of a deal to me i don't think many people see it as a huge deal it's more of just like a camaraderie um you know recognition type of type of weekend than it is like a a super big entertainment weekend in in my opinion And, and like again i'm okay if that that continues if they can somehow make it more entertaining well 
you know, keeping like, again, not going too far with it. Like, like when we talked about adding, you know, some of those incentives to, you know, giving the, the winning team home court in the, in the final or something like that, like that, that to me is too much where you're going too far to like make this thing a, a big deal. And that's like what I'm saying with, if, if they went to, as you said, international and it was like, okay, we're, we're going to take away playoff games or we're going to, um, adjust the postseason schedule based on you know to to make room for a, a longer all-star break and a longer all-star weekend again that's me is going too far with it where it's like you, you don't need two weeks for the all-star game you don't need um to do to adjust the playoffs for this or make you know playoff changes for this so yeah i just don't want to see them go too far over the top Let, let's take it from a different perspective real quick if you don't mind everybody in our market for the most part on twitter outside of maybe Bart Winkler, complained about this All-Star game, right? Complained about what it looked like on TV, complained about no defense, the whole deal. Most of those same people are mad that we're not going to get an All-Star game. Right? I'm pretty sure I'm right. So we complain about what it looks like. We hate it. But then we could have had one, and now we're not going to get one, and now we're mad about that. Well, if you don't like the product anyhow, were you really going to go to the game either way? See, that's the crazy part about this. As much as we all don't like the product, I bet you money, if we could afford it, which most of us can, but if we could afford a ticket to the NBA All-Star game, and it was in Milwaukee, that most of us would probably be like, hell yeah, I'm going to go to the All-Star game. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, but I see all these guys all together at once. I think people would still go, even though they may not like the product. Am I right or am I wrong on that one? Um, it depends on how much I was asked this, you know, I feel like when they talked about like it coming to Milwaukee and Milwaukee putting in bids, people were asking me like, would you go to that? And I was like, I'd pick, I'd probably pay a couple hundred bucks to go to the all-star game because I want to just be in the presence of that much talent. Like, and see, it'd just be very cool to to be in the arena. Can I ask you a personal question? I'm sure sure you've made it public. So it's probably not that personal, but. You went to the NBA Finals, right? Yeah. How much did you pay for an NBA Finals ticket? We got them before they won Game Five, so it was seven hundred each. Right. So that's a third of what you paid for an NBA Finals ticket. Then saying you'd pay two hundred. So I'm just but using I would that pay, but, I, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I would pay a lot of money to go to the Bucks Finals championship winning game, like. I would have paid a lot more than $700 if I had. No, to. but I'm just saying on a comparison for somebody listening that doesn't know how much an NBA finals ticket costs because they didn't you're go. Yeah, you're saying yeah. 200 people are like 200. Like that's crazy. I'm not paying 200 for a ticket. Well, in comparison to say an NBA finals ticket, that's a hell of a deal when you think about it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's again, 200 is still a lot of money. I'm not saying that like, for sure. That's nothing. I, but they'll read Like I would pay, I would pay a decent amount of money because I, you know, a don't know when it would happen again, that we get an all-star game and B, just again to be in the arena and see, you know, Steph, Giannis, Jokic, LeBron, like Katie, all these guys playing in a game. I don't care how competitive it is, like just to be there and see that much talent on the court at one time. Again, it's something that you literally will not get unless you go to that event. Like you might never ever ha- you you probably would not have the chance to ever see that again. So for that reason, I'd be I'd be willing to pay a couple hundred bucks, but I guess ticket prices for this one were like five hundred, and I was like, I wouldn't pay five hundred bucks. Like, if that's how much it was, then I would not end up going. 
Yeah, no question about it. All right, so uh, that's our thoughts on whether or not you believe the NBA is anti-small market based on all-star requirements for cities. Take a quick time, I'll come back. I want to talk about comments made by Giannis in the article with Eric Name of The Athletic. Uh, and we'll read a couple of the different quotes, but I really want to focus in on what he's had to say about Damian Lillard on this Bucks team. That's next here on Green and Growing. Download it on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast ads. And, of course, you can check us out on YouTube on the Odyssey Sports page where we normally live stream these bad boys like we are tonight. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. HC Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, The Fan. Check out all the interviews I do during the week at 1250amthefan.com. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He is Nathan Marzian. You can follow him at Nathan Marzian. Uh, and I want to talk about this piece uh, that was done by Eric Name of The Athletic. Uh, and as we talked about in the first segment, it, it it was the most F-bombs I've ever seen in an article by Eric Name covering this Bucks team, by far. Uh, and, and Giannis, you know, was the one being interviewed, so they were pretty much all Giannis. Um, one of them uh, right here. Uh, we could start from effing. I'm I'm not gonna swear. We could start from effing ownership change, coach change, coach changed again. Star players change from Chris being in and out like so much effing bleeping. It's just up and down, up and down. So many things changing, man. But we gotta stay together. I don't like to victimize myself. I don't like to feel bad about myself. That's not who I am. End quote. I, I got something off of that quote, please, if you don't mind. So, Lazary leaves. Jimmy Haslam comes in. Now, from my standpoint, I can't stand Jimmy Haslam. Um, So for me, I didn't like it at all. But I will admit, I did not think it would make a hill of beans difference to the players at all. Who gives a crap, right? I mean, who cares? I'm playing for Adrian Griffin and John Horst is my GM and Peter Fagan's the president and that's who I got to deal with. But maybe I misread that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe... You know, these owners have more of an impact maybe on these players than I thought, Nathan, because I I really didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal where he would even bring it up. Like, why is it even worth bringing up uh, unless it's affected him in some way or another? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, the fact that he brought it up right away definitely tells you something about how, you know, it probably was it probably affects the players a little bit somehow or, um, you know, I I don't know. It could maybe maybe he's just saying it in the sense that it's just another thing that's been changing, but I don't know. It, it's interesting. Cause I don't, yeah, I don't know how exactly it would affect them. Um, I don't know how much they're dealing with the owners, you know, directly on a, on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that quote just, again, it, it, as he's saying, you know, they don't, they don't want to feel bad about themselves, but the reality is they just have had to go through a lot of change. And that is this a difficult thing to go through and to, it, it, it's going to be a little bit bumpy. It's going to be, it's not going to be smooth sailing throughout when you are changing all of those things. You've got, you know, you're making a big trade, you change up the coach twice, you're changing owners. It's just like guys' roles are changing. You know, as he said, Chris is in another lineup. There's just hasn't been stability in, in really any aspect of the organization, which doesn't mean the sky is falling. You know, it doesn't mean that everything's terrible, but it just means, okay, there hasn't really been stability up to this point. And, you know, you're hoping you can get that stability going up, going forward and going into the playoffs. You just get to a point where you do finally have that and you get, 
a healthy team and you have, you know, now the coach having, having some uh, games under his belt and everything's a little bit smoother, but up to this point, I just, you, they have not had that. And that's a difficult thing to, to not have when you're trying to win a championship. You, you want to have that consistency, the stability, the just reliability, everyone knowing exactly, you know, everyone's role. And it's like, they just haven't because they haven't, you know, everything he mentioned. So, um, you know, I think it's just a reminder that like, okay, they haven't had it up to this point, but I think that going forward, you can expect that, okay, you know, we know Doc's going to be the coach throughout. We know um, Chris should be returning fairly soon. sounds like from, from what Doc said. Uh, And you're hopefully going to see these guys be more comfortable in their roles and everything. So it's like, you should start to see some of that. You should start to see them uh, have that stability and, and hopefully it can help them going into the playoffs. We knew that maybe there was a respect issue or some things going on with Adrian Griffin. As much as Nathan and I were like, he's not getting fired. dude. Like it ain't happening. Not in the first year. He ain't getting fired. It was worse than I thought y'all. I, I was worse than worse than I thought. Uh, Eric name writes uh, about the Adrian Griffin thing that led to Giannis putting more on his own shoulders as a leader, which included walking teammates through drills in practice, drawing up plays and diagramming actions more than he ever has had in his career and being far more vocal as a leader quote from Giannis. I just had to do it. I had to be more vocal this year. Things weren't the way they were supposed to be. How can I say it? The last couple of years, I'm used to specific structure of things, a specific culture. There's a certain way that you have to do things in order for you to win games, you know? And if that level is not being met as a leader, you have to push that envelope, push everybody, your coaching staff, your teammates, end quote. Now, on the last podcast of Green and Growing, we talked about Shaquille O'Neal's comments to Damian Lillard uh, when he said pretty much you and Giannis, you know, have to do what you have to do, grabbing dudes by jerseys, whatever you have to do, uh, and lead this team and be those dudes uh, to make sure this thing gets done at the end of the day because it's going to be on Doc, Lillard, and Giannis if they don't win a championship. And you and I talked about leadership of, you know, is he yelling at dudes, Giannis? Uh, is he leading in other ways? Whatever. Hey, man. Ain't no need to question Giannis's leadership ability anymore. Based on just what Eric Name wrote in that athletic piece, there's no need to question whether or not Giannis is a leader and whether or not Giannis will take control of a team. That's it. Caves closed. Shaq and everybody else can just shut the hell up going forward on Giannis. Lillard, don't know. But Giannis, that puts that, that bad boy to rest, Nathan, in my opinion. Yeah, and it goes to what I was saying where um, when we brought this up last podcast where it was like, just because we're not seeing it all the time doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, I feel like Giannis, yeah, he was doing a lot of that, you know, behind the scenes and in practice and in the locker rooms and all that stuff. And he was, he had to pick up that slack that he thought, you know, he needed to do because Griffin wasn't um, able to do that. And it's like, we didn't really see that because it doesn't show itself always in the game and, and on the court in, in the middle of a game where, you know, when everyone's eyes can, when everyone can see it, but you know, again, just because we're not seeing it doesn't mean these guys aren't being leaders. Doesn't mean they aren't taking control and and really stepping up. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I think um, these guys are better leaders than they get credit for. Just again, because of their demeanor and how they are during games. Um, you know, and so I think just because they're not out there yelling at guys in the middle of a game and in timeouts. Like people think that, oh, they're not vocal. They're not, they're not leaders. They're not, you know, they're not stepping up. They don't, they don't care that much. And it's like, no, they do. They are, 
they do this stuff in in other ways and in, at different times than sometimes we see. So, yeah, that was very interesting because it it very clearly showed the the big reasoning why you had to make the Griffin. You know, I don't care. Like people are going to complain about outsiders are going to say Doc's three and seven. You had a thirty and thirteen record with Griffin. Why did they fire him in the first place? Blah blah blah. And it's like Doc said that. Felt it, what? Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers said in that interview, All Star Weekend, about I told the owners they shouldn't have fired him. I don't know why yeah. they fired him for it. I, I don't know yeah. what happened. They know, told me it was already he, done. I don't know. I know, I know. But he I, at the same time, he's not going to be like, oh yeah, Griffin. Griffin needed to go. And exactly. like, he's I, full of crap. Know. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I take that with a big grain of salt. But it's like people are outsiders are going to say that stuff. But anyone who follows this team closely, like you can see why the change was made you can see why um you know that that had to happen because the players just did not believe in the structure they did not believe he what like griffin was ready to to take a team over the hump and to take a team to the finals and was um prepared enough and all that stuff and like the, the fact that Giannis felt he had to you know again like like as he was saying kind of take control be more vocal walk through guys and drill walk walk through drills with guys um draw stuff up on, on his own. And it's like, you shouldn't have to do that. That shouldn't be his responsibility. You I know? think we know why Stotts left. Yeah. Stotts knew. Yeah. And so again, just, just, I don't care what the record is right now. Like having a coach that these guys do believe in and they believe, okay, you know, we can get this thing right. And nobody mentions that they have the sixth best defense in the league since Doc took over. I know the offense has been bad, but that can somewhat be attributed to not having their top four players in any game with Doc or any game since like the first game with Doc so far, first two maybe. Um, so it's like nobody talks about the defense being six. Everyone talks about the record. And it's like the process has been a little bit better. I know it was an ugly last two games, but overall, like it's been a, it's been a little bit better. They are showing improvement. They seem more bought in. Guys just seem a little bit more comfortable um playing under Doc Rivers than they were under Griffin. And that's that's what matters. It's it's all about getting these guys comfortable and, and believing in this thing and getting a team that you, that really thinks they can win a title come April, May. And it seems like they're, you know, again, heading in the right direction uh, in that regard. So yeah, reading this just kind of confirmed all those things that people thought of why Griffin had to go, why he wasn't ready and why, you know, you had to get a more experienced coach in here. Before we get to the money quote from Giannis that blew up uh, all over social media, uh, also in this article, uh, Eric Name talks to Damian Lillard uh, about All-Star Weekend, and I was wrong on that too. I'm fine saying I'm wrong when I'm wrong. Um, I didn't think, you know, Giannis and Lillard getting away was going to be that big of a deal at All-Star Weekend. Like, what really is going to get accomplished? But according to Lillard, a lot got accomplished. They were really able to just, th those two kind of talk about where this team is, where this team's going, what has to change in order for that team to get there, and do it without all their other teammates around them. Um, and in the premises, coaches, all that stuff, it was just those two guys sitting down and having conversations throughout All-Star Weekend. So that even seems like that was productive, Nathan, and something that you know I, I thought was overblown as far as what this was going to be like All-Star Weekend. But according to Lillard, this was very, very beneficial for those two, which should be beneficial for the Bucks. Yeah, and even if it wasn't anything totally game-changing, like – if if it if it was helpful and if it was enough that Dame wanted to talk about it and say, hey, this, you know, it was good bonding time. I feel like um it was good for us, like then yeah, that's that's a big plus. Like just to have that kind of break and have some time to regroup and refresh after two bad losses and just be like, 
all right, you know, we got to get on track here and um, have some time with your two best players getting together and just being like, you know, talking a little bit about it. And even if they aren't talking about basketball, like just being together, the camaraderie of that weekend and those guys kind of just bonding. And, and as he said, like when you're at an event like that with guys from all around the league, you know, not everyone's friends with everybody. So it's like a lot of these guys, you don't really know that well, you're kind of going to gravitate towards your teammate. If you have a teammate there, you know, you're going to be with your teammate cause that's a guy you're comfortable with. So, um, you know, again, just having, having those two there definitely, um, you know, helps, helps their chemistry a little bit. I think just gets them even more just kind of of that mindset of like getting bought in and being like, let's do this thing. Let's get on the same page. What do we have to do, you know, to, to, to make this thing work. So, yeah. I'll be honest. I, I'm not a Doc Rivers fan, right? We we all know I'm not a Doc Rivers fan. I'm not sure Marzian's a big Doc Rivers fan either. Before nobody, no, well, nobody, nobody's a Doc Rivers fan, but everyone, like I like, it's better than Adrian Griffin. So everyone's kind of like, let's just see where it takes us. Right. Okay. Fine. Fair. But can I just say something? Like on 1250, you know we have CBS Sports Radio, and I'm telling you, they have been on Doc hard. Bill Ryder, who we've had on this podcast absolutely cannot stand doc and like every day is taking shots at doc the other day he did like 20 minutes on doc and all the the screw-ups he's had in his career and throwing guys under the bus so you got that going on jim rome comes on after him he goes in on doc for a majority of his show jj reddick who i really can't stand i'd rather listen to doc than jj reddick any day of the week reddick throws doc under the bus and says he never takes accountability then doc's son is on tv austin rivers then he's firing back at jj reddick Pat Bev, he gets involved saying, All right, man, shut up, man. He saved your career, JJ. And they're going back and forth. Like, this is insanity. Now, again, I'd love to say, boy, Doc, you're a mastermind. You took all the pressure off Damon Giannis, and you took all the heat yourself to, to keep all the heat off of them. I'd love to give him credit for this. I don't think he deserves any. I think this is just how the way it went. But because of it, the spotlight is gigantic on this Bucks team right now as far as how far they're going to advance and if they're going to fall on their face like everybody seemingly thinks is going to happen. So really, with Adrian Griffin, there wasn't a big spotlight. With Doc, it's gigantic right now. Uh, Giannis, uh, the last quote in this piece talking about Dame Lillard. This is the one that circulated everywhere. I'm his biggest fan, good or bad. I ride with Dame until the effing end. I ride with Dave. Like I've been saying this over and over again, this is his team. Down the stretch, he's going to get the ball. There's nothing else that we will do. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know what else to say. But at the end of the day, he has to believe it too. My question is, and I just threw my phone on the ground. Whoops. Are you buying Giannis that this is Dame Lillard's team? Nathan Marcy. Um. Mm-hmm. In a way, I mean, everyone, everyone knows it's Giannis's team. Everyone. That, Thank you. That, ah, there we go. But, but what Giannis is saying, and this is a lot of the stuff that Giannis says, like, you don't, you don't have to take it exactly as he's saying it, but number one, Giannis isn't going to come out and isn't going to, again, number, as we just kind of said with doc, like he's not going to come out and say, this is my team. Dame's taking, you know, Dame, Dame's going to be great, but this is my team. And, and I, it's like, no, he's not going to say that. I think he's saying at the end of the day, this team's going as far as Damon Lillard takes us because it's Correct. true, like, which is true. You know, we, we know what we're getting from Giannis. We know how he's going to be. Um, Cause he's just, I mean, he's a better player than Dame. He, again, it is, he's just a different level of a superstar that you know what you're getting from that guy. At the end of the day, it, 
as he said, the ball is going to be in Dame's hands more down the stretch of games. In big moments, it's going to be in Dame's hands. This team's going as far as Damian Lillard can take them. And he's going to be the biggest, um, you know, determinant of, of of how far they go in the playoffs. So, you know, if they flame out early, it's pretty likely that Dame really struggled right away in that playoff series. If they go to the finals, it's pretty likely that Dame turned it up and was awesome, you know. So, um, you know, I think it's just Giannis kind of saying, hey, you know, this this thing still it basically it does it's not his team you know that's not what he's saying in the very literal sense but it it kind of goes through him it kind of is going to end up in his hands it's going to end up um being something that that dame is again kind of the guy that that decides how far this team is able to go so and that's that's totally fine you know that's that's how this thing should be when they got dame that was kind of the plan is like we don't want to have Giannis be the guy that's carrying us and doing every single thing all the time and it's like almost too much on his shoulders, you know, it's like, let, let's let Giannis be Giannis and be great. But like, we need, we need a down the stretch of games. We need the ball in someone else's hands. We need someone else to be able to, um, you know, run the show and take some pressure off these guys. And like, that's what Dame's here to do. And if he, if, you know, as Giannis is saying, like we're riding with him till the end, like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but that's, you believe there's nobody, like, I don't care how it ends up happening. There are very, very few players that I'd pick late in a game, playoff game, tight game. Who do you want to have the ball in their hands? Like, I still, even with the struggles, I don't care. Like, I, there's very few players in the league. Any team would would take over Damian Lillard in those type of situations. So it's like, we're, we're riding with that dude, and we're, we're going, we're, we're riding with that ship no matter how it goes. Like, if it goes down, we're going down with him. Um, and if it goes great, it's going to be awesome. And we're going to, you know, he's going to take us to, to the finals, but it, it's just Giannis kind of reaffirming that like, Hey, we, we're with him and he's going to have to play a huge role in our success. It is another example of how jacked up this dude's career is. Giannis. It really is because we're talking about a guy that's won multiple MVPs, defensive player of the year. The man won a championship ring was the best player on the team that won the championship ring. The man that comes into this team has not won a championship, does not have an MVP, does not have a defensive player of the year for a certain. Doesn't have any of that. And the guy that has all the accolades and the championship says, it's his team. We're going to roll with him. That's crazy. But it just goes along how Giannis is so different than everybody else. Like, you know, Kobe Bryant is the guy. It's not, oh, it's Paul Gasol's team. Get the hell out of here. That's not happening. You know, in it for me, it's refreshing, I guess, to a certain degree, about how different Giannis is compared to all the other different superstars we've seen come and go. Do you remember well, Nathan probably doesn't, but just think back if you're older, like me, the bitterness, the fighting, inner fighting between Shaq and Kobe Bryant as they were both jockeying for position of whose team it was, Shaq wasn't giving it up. Kobe's like, you're lazy, blah, 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 blah. And this is my team. I work. You don't. You go out to the clubs. I go to the hotel and get my sleep. And that was a whole thing. And Phil Jackson, <laughs> master psychologist, had to figure all that out to get them to play together to be able to win and figure out you know, how to get them on the same page. But in the beginning, it was a fight. And here you have a dude that says the guy coming in, 
again, no championship, no MVP, no defensive player of the year, no nothing. He's got nothing. Top 75. Okay, you got that. But other than that, nothing else. You go. It's your team, bud. Let's go. I'm rolling with you. You're the guy. Let's go. When he says it, Giannis, everybody behind him has to stand in line and go, okay. If that's what Giannis says, Dame's the guy. Let's go. Now, Middleton, you know, he obviously has to understand his place in all of this as well, and I think he does. I think Brooke Lopez understands his place in all of this. I don't think there's issues there with anybody else. Uh, but what concerns me a little bit is at the very end of that, Giannis has says, but Dame has to believe it too. That's the thing that I hope got fixed this All-Star weekend. I hope these heart-to-hearts and conversations they had, Nathan, resulted in Giannis pounding into his head that, dude, I'm not BSing you. Like, I'm not making this up. I'm not lying. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be jealous. Like, I'm being straight. I want you to go do this. And nobody's going to be mad at you for taking shots in the end of the game. And I'm not getting shot. Like, just go do you. And maybe Lillard wasn't buying it. Maybe he wasn't believing it. Like Giannis was saying, hopefully that's fixed now. Yeah. And again, this is, I mean, like, like you said, it's, it's a, you'd much rather have this problem than the opposite where both guys are fighting for it's my team. It's my team and trying to get their own and trying to like take over and not letting the other guy get the spotlight. You know, Doc Rivers talked about this on, on a podcast, like before he took over as Bucks coach, they were asking about the Bucks and he was like, you know, Dame's just trying a little too hard to fit in. And he said, that's, and that's, that's a good thing. Like you'd rather have that. Like, like, if, if he said, if if my if one of my star players, my new addition, is trying too hard to fit in, then I know that we're gonna be fine. Like that's that that's a that's a pretty fine problem to have. You know, he's trying to make this. He wants to make this thing work. He wants to make the guys happy. But at the end of the day, like it's you know again, there's been plenty of times where he's been too passive, and he's been. I think it's thrown him off a little bit. I think it's somewhat affected like those shooting numbers because he's just not as confident pulling up and just being like, screw it. Like I'm shooting these shots, like, which you should like, again, I don't, I don't care what your percentage is right now. I don't care if you're over five, if you're open, shoot the ball. If you come off a screen and you have space, shoot the ball. You're Damian Lillard. Like, I don't care. Nobody's gonna be mad at you for shooting that shot. That's what we brought you here to do. So, um, yeah. And, and I think, I think as, again, as we get closer to the playoffs and stuff, like Dame said, he's like, I, you know, as we get closer to the time where, it's starting to be the time what he came here to do. Like he came, he didn't come here to win games in December, January, February. He didn't, he came here to win a title and compete for a title. And he's like, once it gets close to that time, I think, you know, he kind of made it sound like, okay, I think you'll see the, the, that version of me um, that you kind of haven't seen yet. Cause I just don't think the, the motivation's always there. I think, you know, coming here and, and knowing that, okay, it's still, it's still fairly early in the regular season. And you know, he's trying, I think, to fit in and make everything work. But once it comes down, you know, once it's truly Dame time in the season where it's March, April, May, I think you'll see him start to be like, okay, I'm, I'm the dude, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking these shots. I know who I am. And I think you'll see him start to lock in more, but yeah, I mean, again, as as Giannis said, like it, it's going to come down to that. Like it's going to, so much of our success is going to hinge on getting that version of Dame and getting that confident Dame, um, and, you know, if we get that, I think things can go very, very, very well for us. I'm not going to get time to get to Chris Middleton. But Middleton is going to miss the first two games out of the All-Star break for certain uh, at this point, it, it looks like. How concerned are you about this, quote-unquote, sprained ankle that's kept him out for weeks now? Well, it was a very encouraging quote from Doc. Did you see that one? 
Yeah, I, I, with all due respect, I'm done listening to Doc. I'm already had my fill of Doc. I don't listen to anything Doc says anymore because a lot of times Doc is going to say, you know, he's going to put it out there and then we're going to go. And then if it's not true, then Doc will backtrack and say what Doc has to say to get out of whatever he said. So, yeah, I, I mean, Doc can say, oh, yeah, he's close and it could still be another two weeks. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, I don't care if it's two weeks. Like, he just the fact that he said if it's a playoff game, he'd clearly play, but it, it's just too early. There's no reason to worry about it or panic about it. Like that. That makes me say, okay, you know, they're they're going to be cautious about it, which is fine. And it's like, as long as I know that he can play when it matters and he can play, you know, like then I'm like, whatever, you know, again, I'm not going to freak out about them being extra cautious about it. Keep keeping him out while he's still recovering from this thing, you know, and being like, ah, you're, you're at 90, 95%. We'll just wait till you're at a hundred percent. If that takes a few more games, who cares? I'd rather have that approach than rushing him back. And it's sure. like, so, and and I mean, truly we, we saw, but like these coaches could many times they will like, if the injury was pretty bad and it was like, we don't know when he's come back, they just would give you nothing answers. They just would say, yeah, uh, I, I think he's coming along nicely. And they wouldn't, they'd kind of leave it at that. But for him to say, clearly, if this was a playoff game, he would be playing. That's a pretty big statement that I don't think we ever would have gotten under, Bud. I don't think we ever would have gotten, or I don't think you many coaches would say unless they were confident that like okay this guy is pretty close like he's he's we're just kind of being cautious about it so I'm still fine with it you know again I'm not I, I want to see Chris back as soon as possible just to see this team together you know under Doc and get some get some reps again but like again I, I I'm it's a regular season still I just want to see Chris healthy in the playoffs that's ultimately what's going to matter. He is Nathan Mars. You got to follow him on Twitter at Nathan Mars. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. That'll do it for another edition of Green and Growing. Download on your Odyssey app. Download your favorite podcast at, of course, on YouTube, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends. Hit that bell for notifications as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles. 